Here's the intro. It's like every time it's going to be longer and longer until eventually we have the intro playing throughout the entire podcast. Kind of catchy, huh? Yeah, we can't really stop this thing because uh, Maria's gone. <laughs> she just left right now. I think she took a, a restroom break. She's probably tired of us. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we've ever asked Maria if she actually enjoys working with us. I don't know. Anyway, with welcome her. guys to AOTV. I'm your host, Franco, and with me is Brian. Yeah, he's uh, he's getting uh, an alcohol wipe to clean his screen. Yep. So hope that was it. Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, guys, welcome back to episode number fifteen of our podcast. If you guys have made it this far, thank you very much for putting up with our uh, noob noobness <laughs> and our noobness at making podcasts. Um, obviously, we're very new at this, but we actually enjoy it, and we've gotten a few good, um, few good comments, and we're very grateful for those people who actually listen. So, if you're one of those who listen. Thank you. You're in the awesome. near future, you will be re- you will be rewarded. Yes. If you listen to this podcast, you will automatically be saved from eternal hell, <laughs> eternal condemnation. So, tell all your friends so they too can be saved. Just kidding. That would be if we were selling indulgences just like the Catholic Church did back in the time of Dang. the Reformation. I think it was like the 1500s when this was happening. Yeah, we don't do that here, guys. We actually tell you the true gospel. We share this information with you freely so that all those who God has chosen will come to know him, come to know eternal salvation in his son, Christ Jesus. That is what we do here. And while we do that as well, we also talk about things that are going on. We give commentary on documentaries, movies, or we simply talk about things that we've noticed. And every now and then we do share personal stories just so you can get to know us um, and what we do. So we are here in the studio after a long time of not really doing a podcast. And Brian's kind of out of the zone. He 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 stops doing it, and then he just like I get distracted easily. Yeah, that's one of the problems that Brian has. So if you're listening, please pray for Brian. Uh, <laughs> I think we should start a hashtag hashtag pray for Brian. Um, he, he has a few, <laughs> I can't fatal, wait to see that <laughs> he has a few fatal flaws. Uh, for one, he drops everything, which we've mentioned this before, but he drops everything. Nah, I need some fast, everything, <laughs> like everything. So girls, if you're listening and one day Brian happens to be a part of your life and maybe, you guys begin a, a courtship or whatever they call it nowadays. I will fall for her. And no, I just kidding. Yeah. If, if <laughs> you give so Brian, <laughs> if you give Brian your heart, he will drop it. <laughs> so don't give it to him. Okay. And if you do make sure you put a strap on it. <laughs> Not even with a strap. It still fails. <laughs> yeah. He's, he fails miserably. So anyways, enough about Brian though. We're done with the roast to begin this podcast. <laughs> So let's talk about some interesting conversations. So today, I guess Brian had a, a dialogue with a Jehovah Witness person um, of the Jehovah Witness faith. We know that they pass uh, Watchtower tracts, um, and they kind of based their teachings off of these tracts. Well, kind of explain how was the the interaction with them? Did they pull out the tract? Did they just engage in dialogue with you? What was the what was the situation? 
when you when you say track, are you talking like about like a CD thing? No, when I say tracked, I'm talking about their pamphlets. Yeah, it was, it was a it was a tiny book. Yeah, and they're like, if you have any questions, go to the book, and the book will help you understand um, the Bible, uh, right? Understand the Bible better. Mm-hmm. But it's it's another um apocrypha or. Yeah, that would be that would be no, that would just be considered supplementary supplementary text, and they basically use that as their basis for learning. So they um, they like many other religions kind of go based off of like the Mormons. They also use the Book of Mormon, so they study both simultaneously. Uh, however, when I've noticed a dialogue on YouTube with like Christians talking to Mormons. Uh, they consider this, themselves Christian too, by the way. Uh, but when I see that dialogue happening, uh, Mormons, I think for the most part, stick to the Book of Mormon. And then every now and then, you know, they, they go into the Bible and stuff like that. Uh, because to them, uh, Joseph Smith, the, the revelation, again, quote unquote revelation, that God gave him is that the church was pretty much apostate, meaning it had abandoned its faith. It wasn't doing what was right. And so to the Mormons, the Book of Mormon is the restored gospel. So it's the corrected version of the Bible, if you will. Um, and and I, could, I could be wrong about that statement. So if you're a Mormon and you'd like to refute that, please let me know. I would like to know exactly what you think. But this is what I've, this is what I've collected from seeing, um, hearing a lot of Mormons talk about the Book of Mormon and what they call the restored gospel. So that's their restored gospel. It is the words of Joseph Smith uh, that came from an angel who gave him um, these golden tablets and gave him these special glasses so that he could interpret the tablets and write the Book of Mormon. So yeah, that's how that came to be. <laughs> but anyways, back to the Jehovah Witnesses. Um, so yeah, they use this little tiny book um, just to help Yes. Um, other well, whoever they're teaching, right. a better understanding. And um, I didn't invite them to my house. My mom invited them to, to the house. Of course. Just so um, she could have at least a day to study, um, which which I don't like to do. I'm just kick them out of there. Come on, come on. <laughs> anyways, anyways. So what did how how did the engagement even begin though? They were they were talking because I I just want to like challenge them. Okay. I wanted to challenge if if at least we're on the same page with salvation. Okay. And and I'm like, hey, tengo una pregunta because she it was only Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, yeah, she like tell me, and and I asked, can someone lose their salvation? And she's like, oh yes, yes, someone can lose their salvation. You know how Mexicans are. Like yeah, yeah. Claro, <laughs> claro que sí pueden perder la salvación. Uh-huh. And, and then um. She she took me to an example. Um, how actually yeah, she did take me to a very good. I think it was First Peter, chapter four, mm-hmm. where where it was talking about how, how works, is a part of faith. Mm-hmm. But then, um, we kept we kept going back and forth because my 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 um defense was, it's it's first faith, and then your salvation. And then after that, it's, it's your works. That's when that's when you start doing the works of God because of your faith. And hers were like, no, faith faith and works go together. And that's how you're saved. Mm-hmm. 
actually let me let me try to find um the scripture because it, it was it was also this is where um she she kind of went off to 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 another, another scripture of um kind of like dodging the question when I asked what about the person that was next to Jesus right the man on the on the other cross yeah I'm like he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't work for his salvation right yeah well Jesus told him I mean he he repented he 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 did repent and he he said Lord remember me you know that was his way of saying like okay I, I recognize that you are or you are who you say you are so remember me. And what does Jesus tell him? Truly, I tell you that today you will be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. So what happens with those people? What happens? So, so for, for anyone making the, the assumption that you need to do works or even some assumptions that if you don't um, speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit and therefore are not saved. So what do you guys do with the man, the thief on the cross. What do you guys do with him? Is he not saved? Because clearly it didn't say that he started speaking in tongues and manifesting anything. We just see a dialogue back and forth. And Jesus tells him, truly, I tell you that today you will be with me in paradise. So what do you do with that? Well, when, when she responded, well, she didn't really. No, I'm not asking you. I'm just asking a rhetorical question to the audience. What do you do with that? But anyways, go, go ahead to your point. Um, I asked her asked that question and she she didn't dodge it. She she just stopped me for a quick second to correct me of how Jesus didn't die on die on the cross. Because mm-hmm. I said so for crucificado. Crucificado. Cruci. Cruci. Ficado. Ficado. Crucificado. Yeah. Hey, you guys even learned Spanish here. <laughs> yeah. See, you guys and, don't uh, get that in the podcast. <laughs> and um, she's like, Jesus didn't die on a cross. It's like, what does that have to do with the question? <laughs> <laughs> and then she took me to um, how Jesus died on, on, on the tree. And, and it did say on, in, in part of scripture that he died on a tree. So mm-hmm. that's up for debate. Well, right. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna look, look into, into that. It. We're going to look into that. If it was a, a physical cross, if it was a, just a stake, meaning just a pole, wooden pole. Um, or, well, tree can mean a pole that is wood carved up into a cross or just a pole. So we'll look into that and we'll get back to you guys on that. Uh, regardless of that, Christ was crucified. Um, he was hung up. He was hung up. Scripture is very clear about that. And it had to be done because cursed is, a, cursed is any man who hangs on a pole. And he was cursed for our sake. So anyway, so what did she, what did she say after that? After she said, about that it was in a cross, yada, yada, yada. Oh, yes. And after that, she was going to scripture. And then I'm like, but eso no es el punto. I'm like, that's not the, that's not the, um, the point. Uh, my, my question was, my point was that, um, and I took it back to my point. Faith is not, salvation is not by works. It's um by, by faith. Salvation mm-hmm. is through faith alone. Right. And um, she's like, <laughs> because cause she was supposed to leave like at, at 12, but it was like already 1.30. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, well, let, let us pray to end. And that, that's, how the, that's how she ended. <laughs> oh, so she, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. So she she kind of dodged it. But um, we, we have several scriptures to back up the point that we've been saved by grace through faith. Uh, Ephesians 2.8.9 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. 
and that not of yourselves. It is a gift. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So this one like automatically refutes. It's not of works. It's not based on works. It will never be based on works. If it was based on works, as the book of Isaiah says, our greatest, most righteous deeds are like filthy rags to God. It doesn't work that way. And then if we go to John oh. chapter 1, which you're very familiar with this, um, we go to John chapter 1, verse 9, and then I'll let you finish your thought, Brian. It says, There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Verse 11, He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. So again, this is not something that you will and you say, oh, well, it is my will to choose and accept God. But it says it is not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. It's not man's will, but of God. Very clear. Mm. Of God. It was his will to save. And he did it, again, as we see in Ephesians. And we see that it is by grace through faith, not by works, so that no one will boast. What were you saying? Um, oh, I was going to take... And the people said amen. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> And and um, she took me to the scripture, Second Peter chapter one. Okay, verse, let's look at that. Verse five. She said, "She says, um, First Peter, Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one, verse five. She went to the scripture to say to make a point that you're saved by works and faith. It okay. says it says it like this: For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control." And self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness. Godliness. Okay, where where does it say that it's that's salvation? Yeah, that's what I told her. I'm like, I'm like, well, look at the context. This is like right, right when you believe. That's right. That's when you're um you're saved already. That's when um you start doing your works because <laughs> now you're now this is um confirming your calling of election. Second Peter chapter five verse one. No. Verse five. Second Peter one five. Yes. Okay, sorry. I'm like, this is after your you you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. This is after that that um God reconciles you to him. And then this is where you make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. Because somewhere in scripture says Without works showing that, what it really it says, um, faith without works is nothing. Right, that's the book of James. Faith without, um, faith without works is dead. Is what he he's making. And okay, so let's look at this. Let's let's go back to what she told you. Okay, so she's talking about how works 
plus faith equals salvation. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's read. Let's just read the beginning of First Peter chapter one and let's read in context. Okay. We'll stop at looks like this particular passage 15. ends around um I will stop at eleven. <clears throat> so we're going to Second Peter chapter one, verse one. And we're just gonna read verse by verse. Um, nothing, nothing extremely theological going on here, but we're just going to read. We're just going to see what uh, Peter here is saying. So it says, Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. In other words, a slave. Okay, bond servant is a nice word for slave. And apostle of Jesus Christ, a real apostle, not the ones who are today who claim to be apostles. <laughs> so to those who have received a faith, to those who have received a faith understanding. of the same kind as ours, again, received <laughs> a faith of the same kind as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, so this is just verse one. <laughs> and what is, what is Simon Peter talking about? For those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours by what, what, what is he alluding to here? By what means is it by works? No, it's clear by the righteousness of our God and savior, Jesus Christ. So we don't even have to continue reading, but we will. And her statement is refuted. So verse two, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Okay. Verse three. Let's read that again. His divine power has granted us everything. Okay. Not some of it. That doesn't mean you put your two cents into it. That doesn't mean you validate it with your works, with your life, with what you do. It doesn't matter if you're a full-time ministry and you're doing everything you possibly can to help God save you. You don't help him. We can't help God save our souls. Okay, seeing that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who had called us by his own glory an excellence. So uh, just a small um, side point for those people doubting that Jesus is God. Again, it's talking about his own glory and excellence. Okay. Only God has a glory. Everything else does not. Humans do not have a glory or excellence or godliness. Okay. It's by him. So far by these, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply, supply moral excellence and in your moral excellence, knowledge and in your knowledge, self-control and in your self-control, perseverance and in your perseverance, godliness and in your godliness, brotherly kindness and in your brotherly kindness, love for if these qualities are yours and are increasing. They render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. So he has granted to us all these things to be partakers of this divine nature. Okay. This is in verse four. He 
gives these things so we can be partakers. So the source is not us. We partake in it, meaning we participate in a divine nature. What is the divine nature of God? Holiness, sanctification, love to God, love of what is good and hatred of what is evil. And then uh, Peter proceeds to talk about how, because we have this, then what should we manifest? What should we apply? All diligence in our faith. We should supply moral excellence. And in your moral excellence, knowledge. And in your knowledge, self-control. In your self-control, perseverance. In your perseverance, godliness. In your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling. Again, an emphasis on his calling. And choosing you, for as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied for you. Okay. Very clear. I think it's clear. Again, Peter makes the point that it's because of Christ. It's because of his work. It's because of his glory. And it's because of his divine nature that is given to us. And we just become partakers of it. We can take part in these things. It's like God grants us access to his divine nature. And he puts his Holy Spirit in us. He puts that in us. And, and that changes the nature of man. What is the nature of man? As we've talked about, always sinful. Um, it, it inclines to sin. It inclines to what is evil. doesn't seek God. It does not seek God. And it is an enemy of God. And here we're reading very clearly. In this short, short, just this is a very short passage. But it's all because of Christ. And we just become partakers of that. So... It's up to now. Now I ask you guys the question and you guys can read this passage. Is this passage implying that be, it's based off of what you do that you receive salvation? You answer that question on your own. So I think it's very clear and it's easily refutable. And that's why that's the thing with, um, with any person who takes scripture and shoots a few scriptures at you and tries to tell you. Context. Yeah. So That's why very easy, very easy to, to refute a lot of the, the Jehovah, Jehovah witnesses, uh, er, erroneous doctrines. Um, you'd say, okay, well that verse says that, and that's right. I believe it, but let's, let's look at what he's saying and why he's saying it. And what is the main point of this passage? What is the context? Who is he speaking to? What is the culture? What are the Hebrew and the Greek words? What is the emphasis? And you look at all these things and you study that in context and you say, okay, this is, this is the message of God. This is, this is the Holy Spirit speaking through Peter and the Holy Spirit is saying this. And then you get the message. You get the central message of the gospel and you understand it and you understand again that it isn't by your works and it isn't by what you do that you are saved. 
So I think that was very simple. And, and all we did was read. <laughs> all we did was just read the beginning of that. Second Peter chapter one, uh, verses one through 11. 11. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen, just like that. So when people come to you and just take one scripture and tell you a whole sermon, for example, Joel Osteen, um, go back and read. Go back and read what's what the text says before, what the text says after. And usually, for the most part, your Bibles have these little thing on the sides uh, called footnotes and concordances. Uh, look at those. Go and read in the Old Testament because a lot of the apostles, they quote the Old Testament. Because again, the Old and the New Testament come together and, and they complement one another. Together, they are the entire Bible. And we believe that. We believe the entire Bible is um, inspired by God and it's, it has no errors. It's inerrant. And it's the full authority. Um, scripture has full authority to govern and conduct uh, and for us to be able to conduct our lives accordingly to the Bible. So um, I think that was a good, good, uh, simple reading of the text. Just pretty much going based off of the word. And I don't think you have to do much more than that. I mean, if, if you read this, I mean, Peter's very clear. You know, when you get to the writings of Paul um, in Romans with more doctrine and rich theology, um, you do have to read more, study more. But here Peter is making it very clear. And of course, there's much more to the text that we can derive and, and, and study more into. Uh, but the, I think the, the message, the main message is very clear. And I think it's very clear throughout the entire Bible. We're not saved because of us. We're saved because of him mm-hmm. and the calling that he has for us. Amen. So um, Jehovah Witnesses, if you, uh, if you believed you're saved by works, I'm sorry to tell you that, but that's not what the Bible says. Oh, also somewhere in that conversation, she was telling me, um, oh, in the conversation right after about the guy that was next to Jesus on, on the cross. Right. Um, I'm like, how, how he will also be with Jesus in heaven. Mm-hmm. She's like, the heaven doesn't exist. I'm like, yeah, Genesis 1-1. <laughs> Greater <laughs> the heaven in there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's an interesting, wow. I didn't know that, that that's what they believed. And I think they don't believe hell exists either. She said um, paradise. Paradise. paradise is different from heaven. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But I think they mean paradise here on earth, right? Yeah. Like when God restores the earth. Mm-hmm. But um, we were recently doing a study of this. I didn't get a clear answer. Uh, not that I remember, though. Right. But we were doing a study of this. Um, what's his... Uh, With John, I think. No, no, no. Um, Osias. He preached on this and God, how God was going to speak and was going to undo everything, but only the unshakable kingdom was going to remain, which is heaven because heaven's not created. No, heaven's been with me it. about this. Yeah. We talked about this. I think it's in the book of Hebrews, if I'm not mistaken, I think, and, and God is speaking from heaven. Um, and he's talking about when God speaks, well, when God spoke on Mount Sinai, the mountain trembled. But now when God speaks from heaven, everything that's 
outside of heaven and created and that can be shaken, it's going to be destroyed by God's voice, by God speaking. But what will not be destroyed is the unshakable kingdom, which is his kingdom. So for, for her to say that, and I think it's, I think it's Hebrews chapter three, actually. For her to say that would be like, okay, well, she's, she's saying that it's wrong. She's saying the Bible is wrong. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18 to 29. Okay, go ahead and read that. All of it? Yeah. Or just a few. Okay. Hebrews chapter 12. Yeah, verse 18 to 29. It says, For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a, temp and te a tempest and the sound of a trumpet. And a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that has that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and innumerable angels in the festival gathering and to the assembly and the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God the judge of all all to the spirits and the righteous made perfect and to Jesus the mediator of a new of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel all right this is the part right here 25 through 29 See that you do not refuse him who is speaking, for if they not for if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that at that time his voice shook the earth, but now he he has promised, yet once more I will not shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Boom. That's it. When he spoke from Mount Sinai, the mountain trembled. But when he speaks from heaven... Very clearly, verse 26 says, And his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This expression yet once more denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken, as of created things so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and offer our God is a consuming fire. The last point. So this is making the point that God will speak again and everything will be undone. Everything that can be shaken, which is everything that is created, has been created by who? The creator, him. Um, it's going to be done away with so that only the unshakable kingdom will remain. 
And then at the end, it says, for our God is a consuming fire, which leads to a statement that um, R.C. Sproul made in an interview when people asked him, is God in hell? And the answer to that question is yes, God is, his presence is also in hell. Remember, his presence is everywhere. Mm -hmm. But the thing is that in hell, you will experience the wrath of God, the terror, the judgment, the wrath, the full on fury of the living God. And it is holy and it is righteous because he is justly doing so justly punishing those who have done evil, iniquity, wicked um, workers of iniquity. As he says, when he says, um, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So yes, the presence of God is also in hell, but there you experience his wrath, his fury, and his holy judgment against everything that came against him and his plan. Of course, we know that his plan is never thwarted by anything or anyone because he is God. So I think that's a good wrap to, <laughs> to today. I think that was really good and it just, it worked. Thank God. Glory be to God. Um, but see these things as we learn and as we grow together, um, not anyone can come to you and preach to you a different gospel. Paul is very clear on, on this subject. And he says, if, if anyone comes to you and preaches a different gospel, preaches to you a different Christ, uh, preaches, or even if it's, it's a, literally an angel that comes down from heaven and tells you a different gospel, Paul, Paul is very clear. He says, let them be anathema, let them be accursed. And for Paul to pronounce such a thing, Paul is pronouncing judgment from heaven towards whoever preaches a different gospel, preaches a different um, Jesus. It says, let them be accursed, let them be anathema. So very serious to not uh, misinterpret um, purposely and misinterpret the word of God. Of course, some people are just in error. And, um, you know, we, we all can fall into that, into error, but that's why it's just very important to read and to ask God to teach us his word, you know, read commentary, study, um, study the Greek Hebrew, if possible, not everyone can, and that's fine. Um, but really study the word, really study the word and don't, don't go into it, putting your own ideas, but go into it to learn from it, not to. Say, oh, well, this is what I already believe, so I'm going to apply it any way that I can to whatever it says. So, Eisegesis. Yeah. Don't do eisegesis, which is to add to the text, but exegete the text. Exegesis is what you have to do to derive from it. I love how back then um, they used like very unique words and um, specific words. And, and back then they used to mean something. But yeah. now it's... They speak, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now everyone's yeah, everyone's kind of lazy to uh, to be specific and clear in the message. But keep in mind, I mean, these men were under the Holy Spirit. They were they were influenced and guided, and 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 the Holy Spirit was writing through them. 
So that's why their precision, the language, everything is is perfect. Anathema is a very yeah. strong anathema. <laughs> yeah, it's a curse. It's to pronounce a curse on something or someone, and it's not something that's done commonly in the New Testament. I think, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on this, but I think Paul only pronounced like three of them. So it, it wasn't it wasn't something that's taken loosely. This is serious. So, ladies and gentlemen, without with that being said, remember Jesus is our only hope. He is our only uh, salvation. He is the only way to the Father, and He is the mediator of the new covenant, as we just read. He is the propitiation for our sins. So, cling to Him, run to Him, repent, turn to Him fully, wholeheartedly and experience his saving power by his grace and by his mercy. So love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope today was edifying. I think it was. I think it was edifying for all of us. Learning really good. from another religion. Yeah, definitely. So uh, tell your Jehovah Witness friends, still love them and everything, but you know, tell them, hey, okay, how about we just read the entire text? How about that? Or yeah, yeah, come on in. Let's sit down. But um Let's let's put away the watchtower <laughs> watchtower tract, and uh, let's. How about we start in the book of John? Let's start in the book of John. A great oh. book to start with, and then call up Brian and ask him where everything's at, and he'll <laughs> he'll teach you the first five chapters. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We enjoyed the time greatly, and we look forward to uh, doing the next one. So stay tuned. AOTV. Over and out.